0: We are going to continue tonight. Tonight we're going to make the transition between the gifts of the Spirit to the fruit of the Spirit. And so we're going to talk about that tonight, about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, why is it important that we talk about the fruit of the Spirit? I'm going to tell you why it's important. Because the fruit of the Spirit basically represents the character of God produced in you. It's God's character produced in you. In you. you see, apple trees produce apples, right? You don't walk up to an apple tree and say, darn it, where are the oranges? Okay, because it's an apple tree, right? And cherry trees produce cherries. And if you're a born-again Christian, you produce the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because you have that seed in you. 1 Peter 1.23 says that you've been born again, not of corruptible things like gold and silver, but you've been born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. See, when that incorruptible seed of the Word of God is in you, and you're born again, you're a brand new species of being. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone be in Christ, they're a new creation, You flip that into the original languages, it's a brand new species of being, something that's never been seen before. You're a brand new person. When you are born again, if you are in Christ, you're a brand new person. It says, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, whatever tree that you're in is the fruit that you will produce. I'm going to say that again because that's really important. Whatever tree that you are in determines the fruit that you will produce. See, if you're in the tree of Adam, which, is the, which has the, the seed of sin in it, then you're going to produce the works of the flesh. But if you're in the tree of Jesus Christ, the born-again tree, you're going to produce the fruits of the Spirit. It's not a matter of you have to grunt and move, grunt and, and strive and try real hard and concentrate and clench your fists and you might be able to produce some fruit. No, the apple tree is not groaning to produce apples. It just produces apples because it's an apple tree. That's what it is. And as a Christian, as a born again Christian, redeemed by the blood of Jesus you produce the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So if the, if the Spirit of God dwells in you and quickens your mortal body, if the Spirit of God dwells in you, you will produce the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and the rest of them. We'll go through the rest of them tonight. So that fruit that we're talking about tonight... It's not something that you can produce by your own effort. You don't produce. It's not the fruit of you. It's the fruit of the Spirit that he produces in you. When I was in my mid-teens, I worked for a, a farm, and one of my jobs, it was a blueberry farm, and one of my jobs was pruning blueberry bushes, and we would do it in the wintertime, and I couldn't ever quite figure that out because how would you tell if it's alive or dead in the winter because they all look dead. And by first glance, it always looked that way. They all looked dead. However, you could always tell if something was alive or dead based on what happened when you bent it. If you bent it and it cracked off, it was dead. If you bent it and it sprung back, then it was alive. Real simple, right? So, But the reason that we pruned those bushes is because if we didn't prune the bushes, they wouldn't produce as much fruit. Because the old branches they grew big and they took a lot of nourishment and they took a lot of water. They took a lot of nourishment out of the soil, but they didn't produce very many blueberries. So what they would do is when those branches got big and old and they were big around, we would take a big lop, a big huge lopping shears, and we'd cut those old branches off so that new branches could grow in there, and those new branches would produce fruit. Now, you know where I'm going, right? When you were born in this earth, you were born in the tree of Adam, right? We were born in this world, and we were conceived and born in sin. And we have that old, we're in that old tree. We have those old branches in us. But when you're born again in your spirit, man, when you're born again, when you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, you have a new nature. It said, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't just all of a sudden, all the old fruit doesn't just disappear and all the new fruit doesn't just come in. What happens is Jesus prunes the old branches out, right? And part of that is, you yourself self-prune some branches out, right? You say, ooh, that's not pleasing to God, and you get that out of your life. And the Holy, through the Holy Spirit's leading, we do some self-pruning, and then we allow Jesus to prune us, and what happens? The old things pass away, and new growth comes, just like the blueberry bush, A new new growth comes in because we cut off the old and the new comes in. See, but before the new can come in, the old has to be put off. That's why it says in Colossians, put off the works of the flesh. Put off the old nature. Put off the old deeds of the flesh. And put on Christ." It says So put it off and put it on. That's what we can do. We can decide to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. We can decide to not participate in the works of the flesh. And we can decide to allow God to produce the fruits of the Spirit in us. The fruit of the Spirit in us. But it's our, part of that is our choice of allowing him to do that. It says to pick up your cross And follow him. What's your cross? Your cross is to do the will of God in your life. See, many times we hear, at least I've heard over the years, that well, the the fruit is what's important. The gifts are superfluous, but the the, the fruit is what's important. And I would agree, the fruit of the spirit is the foundational character of God. The fruit of the spirit is the is the foundational character of God. But you don't have to have fruit or gifts. You really need fruit and gifts. We need both. Because they work together, they work simultaneously, they work together and they work in collaboration. The fruit and the gifts work in collaboration to reach and to preach the gospel. See, the fruit makes the gifts effective, or a lack of fruit makes, they can actually invalidate your testimony. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, the fruit can enhance the gifts because faith works by love. See, and it's through love that we accomplish much of what happens in the Spirit. So they, they enhance the gifts of the Spirit. They don't compete with or replace the gifts of the Spirit. It enhances it. But a lack of those fruits can literally Cause you to be ineffective in your testimony. The fruit also provides a hedge of protection for our lives. One one of the fruit what's, somebody tell me what's the last fruit of the spirit in the list? Somebody shout it out. Self-control. Self-control can save you from a world of hurt. When somebody does something really awful to you and you control yourself and don't respond in kind, it could save your life, right? If, if, if someone does something really awful to you and you just simply walk away instead of responding like they did, because you know, in today's world, if somebody pushes and you push back, they might pull a gun. And that self-control could actually save your life. That self-control of going, I'm not going to go there. When somebody drives by and cuts you off and, and uh, does naughty things and, and tells you where to go, you don't have to respond to their road rage. You can have self-control and just drive on and be happy. Right? And that self-control can save you a lot of trouble in your life. Just that, that's just a practical application. But see... The fruit of the Spirit is more than just being nice. You know, there's this whole campaign, be nice. And I wholeheartedly agree, you ought to be nice, right? I mean, I'm not saying don't be nice. You ought to be nice. We all should be nice, that's right. But see, the, the, being a Christian is more than being a nice person. See, you can be a powerful person and still, and be nice, and still be powerful. You don't have to be. You don't have to be weak to be nice. You can be powerful and nice. You can have the fruit of the spirit and have the gifts of the spirit. You don't have to sacrifice one for the other. We're going to read First Corinthians uh, verse 1 Corinthians thirteen here, and the first verse says, "Though I speak with tongues, a gift of the spirit." Of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. though I have the gift of prophecy, another gift the spirit, and I understand all mysteries, discernment, and have all knowledge, word and knowledge. and I have faith, the gift of faith. So I could remove mountains but I have not love, it says I'm nothing. See, so the fruit without the gifts is still powerful, but the gifts without the fruit don't have any power. You get what I'm saying there? The fruit without the gifts is still powerful because it's God's character. But the gifts without the fruit, the foundation of the fruit, it says that they're nothing. They're invalid. They're, they're invalidated because they don't have the character to support what they're doing there. So as we look at this, Galatians five sixteen says, what do I say then? Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Now, the fruit of the tree of Adam is what they're talking. When they say the works of the flesh they're referring what I, they're, they're referring to the works of the flesh. It's the same thing I'm referring to here when I say: Are you in Adam? Are you in the tree of Adam? Or are you in the tree of Christ? If you're in the tree of Adam, you're in the flesh. Okay. So the works of the flesh—they're evident: adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions—which means being argumentative, jealousies, outbursts of wrath selfish ambition, dissension, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and then there's the worst of them all, and the like. I still don't know what that one is. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I've told you in times past, those who practice such things, this is a big deal, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this is not my interpretation, it's what it says in the scripture. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you practice this fruit, it means that you're still over here in your unregenerate self. You're in the tree of Adam if you're walking in these things and practicing this type of lifestyle that they're talking about here. It means that you're not inheriting the kingdom of God because you're still in the tree of Adam. You have not been engrafted It says in Romans chapter 11, you've not been engrafted into the tree of life, the olive tree. You've not been engrafted into the tree of Christ. So if you're walking in these things, it's evidence that you're still in the wrong tree. Okay? It says here very clearly that they'll not inherit the kingdom of God, it's the works of the flesh. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live in the Spirit Let us also walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is a decision that we make. We have been born again, but are we walking in the Spirit? Because if we walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You know, in in the book of Romans, sin is mentioned over 40 times in the book of Romans, And of those 40 times, only twice is it referred to as a verb or or shown as a verb. The rest of the times, it's shown or referred to as a noun. That's something to consider. I want you to really stop and think about that. Hold it. Sin is not considered a verb. Only twice out of 40 times, it's considered a verb. The rest of the times, it's a noun because sin is... Is re- in, as, it, as it's referred to in the book of Romans, sin is referring to your sin nature as being in Adam as a fallen person not regenerated by the blood of Jesus. That's when it's talking about sin. It's not talking about you missing the mark once, or you making a mistake, or you doing a transgression or whatever it is that that you did that was wrong, that's that's an action, that is a sin. But when it's talking about sin, it's talking about sin nature. Are you still in Adam, or have you been born again into Christ? Have you been born again by the blood of Jesus? That's what it's referring to there. So when you think about sin, don't think about, oh, that one wrong thing I did. No, think about the nature that God has given you. See, do you still have a sin nature or do you have a born-again nature? See, if you have a sin nature, then you practice sin. And then what the Scripture says in Galatians chapter 5, then it says you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God rather. But if you have a born-again, if you're born again and you have a new nature, a nature that's been engrafted into Jesus Christ, then you can walk in the spirit and you don't have to walk after the flesh any longer you don't have to live over here you can allow the spirit of god to produce the fruit in your life that is love joy peace patience kindness meekness gentleness and self-control and faithfulness see we don't have to live we don't have to live like brute beasts anymore. We don't have to be led around by our, um, by our chemicals or by our hormones or by whatever else desires that are there. You don't have to live like that. Why? Because you've been born again and you have a new nature. Your new nature. You can live out of that new nature. You don't have to live out of the old nature any longer because you've been born again. When you make Jesus Lord of your life, you don't have to live like that any longer. You can live out of the fruit of the Spirit. The Greek word translated fruit refers to the natural product of a living thing. Like I said, apples, apple trees produce Apples. See, Paul used the word fruit to help us understand the product of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of every believer. The fruit is produced by the Spirit, not by the Christian. See, you don't produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You don't produce that. The Holy Spirit in you, who dwells in you, produces those things. All we got to do is let him produce it. we got to get out of the way and let him produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Okay, so let's just get out of the way and let him produce it then. See, the word is singular, it's not plural, and it's not independent characteristics, but as we grow, all the characteristics of, of, of his character are produced in our lives. So you look at Jesus, and Jesus operated in the fruits of the, the fruit of the Spirit. I keep saying fruits, sorry, because it's not fruits, it's fruit of the Spirit. But Jesus operated in the fruit of the Spirit every day that he walked on this earth. Jesus did. He was reviled and he reviled not in return. He was falsely accused and he didn't even defend himself. As we grow and continue in our faith and as we continue to walk with, with the Lord and we, we walk and let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us and follow his voice, he will produce more fruit in our lives. See, fruit takes time to grow. You don't plant an apple tree and get a bushel of apples out of it the next day. Okay, That's not how it works. You transplant an apple tree and you wait three, four years and you might get one or two apples off it. And then you wait a few more years and then you get a bunch more. And after, I don't know how long I'm, I don't have fruit trees or I have one, but I don't know how old it is. Now I got a fruit tree in the back of my house that puts out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of apples. After 20 years, it puts out so many apples, they fall on the ground and rot and draw deer up to my house. But when, it, first, when we first planted that tree 20 years ago, we didn't have any apples. Now you get so many apples, you don't know what to do with them all. But see, it doesn't happen overnight. The same thing is true. If, if you just got saved, or if you just gave your life to the Lord, or just decided that you were going to start allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you, growing fruit takes time and you got to you got to give yourself some time and and there's times where you blow it and you don't operate in the fruit of the spirit and there's times where you just flat out blow it and you you don't uh, you aren't patient or you aren't kind or you aren't uh, loving and you don't keep your peace there's times when we do that but it's but when it, they're talking about those that do these things they don't inherit the kingdom of God. They're talking about if this is your practice, if this is your, if this defines who you are, then you have a serious problem. It's not talking about if you blow it once in a while, because you know what? If if you had to be perfect and walk perfectly in the fruit of the Spirit to be saved, I wouldn't be saved. Because I don't always do everything right. You could talk to my wife, she'd explain it to you. Okay? Sometimes. It's not always so pretty, uh, and I don't always respond, always perfectly, every single time. Now, I try, but I don't succeed sometimes, okay? And that doesn't mean that I'm not saved. It just means that I'm still human, and I'm still working through my humanity, and uh, hopefully more of Jesus and less of me every day, okay? And that's how we all are, I think. It's, we're, we're praying and saying, Lord, more of you, less of me, and as we walk with him, hopefully that's the case where it becomes more of Jesus and less of me, and less of you and more of Jesus. See? And as we grow like that, we produce more fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is the foundation for evangelism. The fruit of the Spirit is the foundation for the evangelism. Because if you don't, if someone, if you have an interaction with someone and you're trying to reach them with the gospel, And you're rude. Trust me, they're not gonna receive what you have to say. So, I mean, the the fruit of the spirit is the foundation of evangelism. It doesn't mean that just being nice, just being nice isn't enough, but you gotta be nice. You gotta allow the Holy Spirit to help you be. The person that someone wants to be around. There's a saying that says people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that is demonstrated by caring for others, being selfless, helping others, operating in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and controlling yourself and having gentleness and faithfulness and kindness. That's how it's demonstrated to the world. The Holy Spirit gives us the power that we need to reject our old sinful desires, and we can say no to the flesh. God has always provided a way out. One of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, and 1 Corinthians 10 says, there's no temptation that's come upon you except that which is common to man, and he always provides a way out of whatever situation you're in. Anybody who who says to me, oh, I just couldn't help myself, I look at them and say, you didn't want to help yourself. Because God always, see, here's the thing. If you're telling me that you couldn't not sin, you're calling God a liar. And either you're lying or God's lying, I choose you. Okay? So God says there's always a way of escape out of every temptation So when we choose to sin, we are choosing to sin. He's provided a way out for all of us. In whatever temptation that we're tempted with, he has provided a way out. And self-control is one of the ways out. Not allowing yourself to get all the way down that road, but really controlling your thought life, controlling yourself, and choosing to do the right thing. He's always provided a way out. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says it. So we can look at that and we can see, hmm, God has provided a way out for me out of this situation, no matter what it is. So as we allow the Holy Spirit to control more of our lives, he can shape us and he can grow us into more of Jesus and less of us. Since God's goal is for all of us to be like Jesus, the Holy Spirit constantly is helping us, pointing out, and many times he'll remind us and point out things in our lives that aren't reflective of Jesus. Anybody experienced that? Yeah. Hopefully we all do. When we act in ways that are not reflective of what Jesus would do, the Holy Spirit's going to remind us. Many times it's that still small voice, and sometimes it's just that feeling in your gut, and you say, oh, I blew it, right? You say, oh, I did the wrong thing there. And what the answer to that is very simple. God, forgive me. I repent. Help me never to do that again, Help me never to walk like that again. I don't want to be like that. That's not who you are, and that's not who I want to be. Just as simple as that. God, that's not who you are, and it's not who I want to be, because I want to be like you. I want to exhibit, and I want to represent you well on the earth, and I don't want to bring shame onto you, Jesus, or I don't want to bring accusation against you. But as we walk in love, and as we every day we walk in love and we walk in joy and we walk in peace and he produces these things in our lives understand you don't produce these fruits but as you ask him to and consciously say holy spirit today produce in me not even help me holy spirit produce in me your fruit today god I want to walk in love. I want to walk in peace. I want to walk in joy. I want to walk in patience. I want to walk in kindness and meekness and gentleness, faithfulness. And I want to walk in self-control. God, I want to walk like you walked on the earth, Jesus. I don't want to walk like I walk. I want to walk like you walk. And as you ask him to help you and to produce those fruits in you, and you consistently yield when he stops you in the middle of a situation. You know what's going to happen? As you walk in your life, you're going to notice, and other people will probably notice first, they're going to notice you don't get angry as much as you used to, or you certainly handled that better than you used to, or boy, you're a lot more patient than you used to be. You know what that is? That's the fruit of the Spirit being developed in your life. And that's glory to God, because the Holy Spirit produces that in our lives. But I just wanted to spur you on, if I could, to spur you on to seek and just to to ask God to produce that in your life, because it's his job to produce it in our lives. Because we're no longer in the tree of Adam, we're in the tree of Jesus Christ. And we, and this tree produces fruit that says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, and self-control and faithfulness. This is the fruit that's on our tree because we're in the tree of Jesus Christ. We're not in that tree over there. We're not in the tree of Adam anymore. We're in the tree of Jesus Christ. And this is the fruit that's on our tree. And when people walk up to us, they need to be able to pick a fruit off our tree that says, oh, I need some joy. And they should be able to pick off our tree and then shine it up and have a nice little, uh, Tree of joy or fruit of joy or a fruit of peace or a fruit of patience off our tree. And when they do that, you know what they say? Jesus has changed your life, and I want him to change my life too. That's what happens. See, when you walk in the fruit, when you allow the Holy Spirit to to produce this fruit in your life, people see it and they go, That's the way I want to be. See, when we do it wrong, they look at you and they go, if that's what it means to be a Christian, I'm not interested, right? If we do it wrong, that's what ends up happening. And you know what? I've done it right and I've done it wrong. Since I've been a pastor, I've done it wrong and I repent, but every day I strive and I ask God, and more than, more than strive, I ask God, God, produce these in me, produce I just want to be in Christ and let the fruit be produced in our lives, in my life today. Tim, you want to come up? Let's just, we're going to close with a word of prayer and then Tim's going to come up and lead us in an activation. Let's just close in a word of prayer a minute. Father, we thank you that today we walk in the Spirit, that we choose to walk in the Spirit today. And Father, we thank you that your hand is upon us and you're leading us and guiding us, that as we submit our lives and submit ourselves to you, we thank you, Father, that you're pleased with us and that, Father, that you're not ashamed of us, but you're proud of us. And today, Lord, as we commit to you to allow you to produce in us the fruit that you desire to produce in us so that others can see your fruit. We thank you, Father, that you walk with us every day in Jesus' name.